I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for a very special Friday. Dak puts up a monster game statistically. The Cowboys cover, but once again, Tom Brady wins. Now, what do we do with the Tampa Bay Bucks? Do we upgrade them, downgrade them? Cowboys, right? do with the Cowboys? That's the big question. Week one of the NFL continues this weekend, and I'll tell you this, there's never as many big line moves as there is in week one because they had the whole summer to bet them. We're going to look at those biggest moves and tell you which way to go. Carson Wentz is starting, but curiously, the line moved about five points when they thought he was out. It's hardly moving when they now think he's in. What's going on? Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. I From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a very special Friday. Why? Today is the third anniversary of Straight Out of Vegas. Three years and counting. And we're excited, and we're going to celebrate with my three-year lock in the NFL, but it's not really a lock because we don't do locks. That's going to be at the end of the show. We got A.J. Hoffman. Now, listen, this is a different little scenario today. Uh, The ISDN line, which is how the connection happens, down at the office. I'm at the home office, and AJ's on the telephone for the first segment, and it's going to be interesting. AJ, let's hear if you sound like you're on the moon or anything. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, RJ. How are you? Oh, my God, he's on the moon. It it sounds clear. It just sounds uh, like the moon. And you know what? It's going to make me win the debates. If we debate, I'm going to just shout and you won't even – no one's going to hear what you say. It's like he didn't say anything any good. (laughs) Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. And every day pretty much, uh, as much as me, I think he missed less days than me. And I didn't miss many at all. On this show for three years, Jonas, congratulations, and again, a huge part of it, and he's in Los Angeles, Jonas Knox. Yeah, I can't believe it's been uh, three years. Time flies when, uh, on my end, you're losing a lot of bets, so that's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know the pain of many people out there, but RJ, on a day in which we've got a full weekend of games in the NFL to look ahead to, we've also got a starting quarterback announced in the AFC. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? And just to let you know, in the second segment, it will be probably our most popular segment of the year is when on the NFL Fridays, we go over every game. And I give you one thing in every game. If you're a better, you want to know. And if you're just a fan that doesn't bet, you're going to want to know one key factor of every game coming up in the next segment. Yeah, about 20 after or so. I think it's got to be the Cowboys and specifically do we look at Dak and say 100%? Do we look at Dallas and say we upgraded him even though they lost? I think it's a very nuanced and complex game yesterday, and I think we start there with the Vegas lead. 
Yeah, it was the Cowboys at the Bucks to kick off the NFL's 2021 season last night on NBC. And it was Dak Prescott returning from injury for the first time since last year in that devastating ankle injury. He goes for over 400 yards, but it's not enough as the Bucks win it. 31-29, Tampa starts the year 1-0. Okay, so first off, I had under Dak. So obviously that was not a good prop bet. We'll start there. Jonas, let's do some eye test stuff. Obviously, the numbers are good. 42 out of 58. 58. Is that sustainable is the question. 403 yards, like you said. Is The question is, one, did he look 100%? And number two... A lot of debate about is this sustainable? What do you think? I don't know that throwing the ball 58 times is ever sustainable for any quarterback. I don't think that they'll have to run into a run defense like they had last night in Tampa, but... I was wrong. I thought he would look compromised. I thought he would look, you know, maybe a little sluggish at times. Maybe you could tell there was issues with either confidence in his ankle or with his shoulder and whatever the throwing injury was that he suffered in training camp. Uh, Dak Prescott looked pretty damn good to me. No doubt. Um, now, last night we actually had a, a business dinner while the game was going on. We were watching, you know, the feed and all that. AJ, did you get a chance to go watch the replay? And if so, uh, what was your eye test? Yeah, I watched the uh, the shortened replay this morning, but I, I was really impressed with Dak. And, and I saw some people saying online, or online that Dak looked good, but he didn't look totally healthy. And I kind of agree with that. It, How many it yards like, would he have thrown for if he was totally healthy? I, that's what's crazy. But I also think that Dallas found themselves in a tight ball game and they realized that Zeke Elliott wasn't going to be a factor in that game, which he wasn't. And that was going to be their best chance to win it. And he gave them every shot to do it. All right. So, Zeke, this is a guy after his third year, very shrewdly, I think, Went to Cabo and said, hey, listen, I had three decent years. I, I'm going to get my money now. And it doesn't seem like he's played another. He certainly has not had an elite month since, I don't think. Um, does he look like, Jonas, does Zeke look like even an above average running back at this point? I, I really can't tell because, as we mentioned and we talked about it, Tampa's rush defense has been the best in the NFL by a long ways for a couple of years now. I think that was also part of Steve Fezzik's handicap and, and why he liked Zeke in the under yesterday and rushing yards for the game. I, I He doesn't look like the same explosive back that he was early in his career. I, I don't think that's there's any disputing that. But whether or not he's still a quality back and above average back, I, I'm still in a wait-and-see scenario because I, I just don't know that they're going to come up against that rush defense ever again this season and if the debate is is he a quality back or not an above average back or not it doesn't even matter if the answer is yes yeah. that's still that's a bad contract agreed. agreed uh so the question is is it bad or is it double bad we're straight out of vegas and again it seems like with with running backs especially when you take him in the first round and that's why you tend to see a little pro tip here you tend to see in an, an inordinate number of running backs taken at the end of the first round because one is not as valuable a pick obviously so end of the first round but number two you get the fifth year option and with a running back man oh man if you get five years before you get a franchise and then you get the franchise twice I mean, what running back is, is good after year seven lately? I mean, Adrian Peterson, which is not lately. 
and we can call gore whatever you want to call good, you know, to whatever degree you want to call that good. And good, I think, is fair, but, you know, not superior or elite. I don't know. It seems like for as many backs as there are that are really, or let's say uh, top five in the league, if you went back the last 10 years and said at any given year, who's the top five backs? Jonas, or AJ, I'll go to you on this one. Can you think of one time in the last decade that a top five back has been someone, let's say, in his ninth year, tenth year as a running back? The one guy that jumps to mind is when Shady McCoy had, had gone from the Eagles to the Bills. And then it mm-hmm. was, he'd been in, in Philly for like six years, and then he spent the next four years in Buffalo. And the, the, up until the last year in Buffalo, he was still very, very effective. Mm-hmm. And, and we're saying the outlier in this case was oh, yeah. effective in his ninth year. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a situation. If you take a back in the first round and you're willing to franchise them, you can get all of the value from them. And hey, listen, this is the business we've chosen. Meaning, the rules are the rules. Play them accordingly. It just seems egregious, Jonas, that that the cowboy to the salary cap that the Cowboys after three end up paying, you know, backing up the Brinks truck for Zeke. And it was also, I, I think that they're the only team in the NFL that if you're looking at three position players you need to pay, the quarterback, the running back, and the wide receiver, I, I don't know that any team in the NFL outside of maybe Tennessee would say, well, let's get our uh, our running back taken care of, and then we'll figure out the wide receiver, and we'll pro- probably pay overpay for him because of it, and then maybe overpay for Dak Prescott, the quarterback, afterwards. It's almost like they did it in reverse. Like, mm. they had the ability to use the franchise tag. They had the ability to to extend this for as long as they could without having to commit all of that and they caved while he was in Cab- Cabo and, and they <laughs> decided to pay him early and now they're they're suffering the consequences. You know, Jonas, a little nostalgia on our third anniversary. I do think if he would have went to a Rocky trained in Rocky 4 I agree. He would have, instead of Cabo, it would have been a whole different narrative since then. Though if he was training that hard, maybe we wouldn't be talking about his poor or you know non-elite play at all. We're straight out of Vegas. And it's not, listen, if you're hearing about the franchise tag and think, wait a minute, though, isn't that what the teams want to avoid because they don't get the player locked in, but they got to pay a jumbo contract? And with Dak, they ended up having to pay the franchise, then pay him a lot. Yeah, you're right. But running backs, we're talking about using that tag to push to the end of their productive careers. And thus, you're not going to have to pay in theory after. It's just to get the last good you know, couple productive years. I've often said... I think that the NFL Players Association should probably have their own little division for running backs because what's fair to running backs is different than what's fair to the rest of the league just because running backs burn or get their accumulated injuries or hits or whatever it is, it ends up you don't see many of them decent after you know year six, seven, eight. And that's why you look at the McCaffrey contract. Uh, it, it, it pushes up to the edge of that, but... We'll see. We'll see because obviously we're to the point now that if you take a running back even in the first round, even if it's the 20s, people, the analytics people ridicule you. And the Steelers got ridiculed. We'll see. We are straight out of Vegas. Here's the question. Do you upgrade Dallas? Do you downgrade Dallas? And let's start with A.J. We'll go to Jonas. A.J., what do you do with the Cowboys? I think you have to upgrade Dallas. I mean, they exceeded all expectations. Whatever the number was, they beat it. 
Uh, and they they were winning that football game with less than two minutes to go. So they, they had every every chance to win that thing. And, you know, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. But I, I think Dallas exceeded anyone's reasonable expectations in that game. Okay, devil's advocate. Turnover margin was what in the game? Four to two, I believe. I thought it was four to one. Oh, maybe four to one, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll double check that. But when it's a, you know, assuming a plus three, ah, uh, you hard I mean, to lose you, those. Yeah, if you're plus one. So what I'm saying is Dallas even losing the game, you could make the case that if you're plus three in turnovers and you lose the game, even if you were a nine point dog coming in, you lose by two. So in theory, your ATS margin was plus seven. You should be more than plus seven when you're plus three in turnovers. So, you probably should. Yeah. I'd also say there, on that last drive that Tom Brady had, there's a pretty obvious missed call for an offensive pass interference. That if that gets called, we're having yeah. a whole different conversation. We're talking You're about right, Dallas but, just beat Tampa. Yeah, but you can go back and there's probably five plays like that in a one-score game. And in the theory, it's going to even out in the long run. Jonas, what do you think? Well, yeah, and also the missed kicks as well, too. Uh, Zerline had a bad, a rough game. You missed an extra point and a, and a field goal. And so you wonder how much, you know, that would have impacted that game just from a score standpoint. But I think I'm like four points. Yeah, well, I'm higher. Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm higher on, on Dallas than I was going into the game. I, I thought the game was going to be a, a Tampa route. And I came away really impressed with Dak Prescott, really impressed with that wide receiver core. How about the um, Defense. The defense, I thought, looked better. Um, you could tell there's a little bit of Dan Quinn that's been added to it. They're they're flying around the ball a little bit more often. A little bit more often. Uh, I thought they had a tall task last night. I think they're going to figure it out. And I don't know that that they're going to have to deal with the team that's as loaded as Tampa Bay is on offense. Whether it's Gronk, Antonio Brown looks fantastic. Uh, Godwin was making plays. I, I feel like Dallas is going to be all right based on what I saw. Okay, rapid fire, literally 45 seconds each. AJ, what do you do with the Tampa Bay Bucks? Do you upgrade them, downgrade them, keep them the same? Keep them the same. So you would upgrade Dallas, but keep Tampa the same. What's the right? Typically, that's going to be, not always, but typically, if one team goes up, one team goes down, why not in this case? Because I think Tampa was a little low to begin with. We talked about how, why are they not the overall Super Bowl favorites going into this season, which I think they should have been. Uh, I, I think that if you if you tick them down any further, I think you're making a mistake. But, but based they're upon too far from the top. Based upon your expectations, based upon your ranking coming in, are they less of a team, Tampa, than you thought they were? No. Okay. Uh, same question, Jones. I'm a little bit higher on Tampa, to be honest Ooh. with you. I, I think Antonio Brown is a game changer. Gronk looks like uh, pretty close to the Gronk of old. Uh, Tom Brady looks fantastic. If Tom Brady wasn't 44, there would be no discussion about whether or not he should retire soon. Like, he does not look anywhere close to a 44-year-old quarterback. Uh, he looked awesome. I'm actually a little bit higher on them. My one question mark, and I don't know if it's just because of Dallas's weapons, their defense looked like you could get after them a little bit, and we hadn't seen that uh, over the past couple of years, but I thought they looked really good last night. So we've got hundreds, if not thousand plus listeners that have Washington to win the division with us, uh, not with us, but they bet along with us their own way at plus 350. Now that is so juicy because, you know, right around right now, it's like Washington's plus 140, I think the latest line is. So when you're plus 350, when now it's 140, you're doing great. But my question is, and Jonas, I'll ask you this one, is if you have that Washington ticket in your pocket, 
are you obviously the loss is meaningful it's in the standings but is the upgrade on Dallas is, uh, enough that obviously you think Dallas got upgraded but was the loss worth it meaning if you got a Washington ticket to win the division are you happier today than you were yesterday or not well, I've been happy the whole time because I know Straight Out of Vegas was the show that gave you the Suns to win the uh, Pacific Division in the NBA. Twelve so, to one. Yeah, so so if that's the case, and they're still handing out division winners, and I'd feel good if I was a Washington ticket holder. Quickly, <laughs> quickly, AJ, same question. I would feel really good about Washington right now because I do think that the other two teams in that division are almost a zero chance to win it, and you've got a one-game head start on the biggest competition. So, yeah, I'd, I'd feel really good about your position there. Mm, I got a nice little bet on it. All right, when we come back probably the most popular segment of the year and we do it every week during the nfl season i go down every game and give you the major factor in each you should be considering he's rj bell i'm jonas knox this is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on fox sports radio straight out of vegas! be sure to catch live editions of straight out of vegas weekdays at 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio radio app I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at every game in the NFL this Sunday. And before the end of the show, right around 6.50 or so, but even before that, Eastern, my three-year anniversary lock of the three-year period but it's not really a lock, and it's only in the NFL. So, But that is going to be, I'll give you the game, Jonas. It's going to be the Arizona-Tennessee game, and thus every other game we're going to be going over here in this next segment. Maybe one of the reasons, fastest-growing show right here at Fox Sports Radio. And you know what? Your support is the reason for that, and we're going to keep working extra hard to bring you winners and smiles. <laughs> the weekend is a great time to listen to the podcast. Catch up if you miss anything. Just go to your favorite player. Search for Straight Out of Vegas. We'll be right there. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 96 degrees. The neon is pumping. So, RJ, we get things started here on Straight Out of Vegas by looking at your Pittsburgh Steelers who are on the road to open up the year at Buffalo. We're right now on pregame.com. It's the Bills, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. So one big thing on each game, and this one is the Pittsburgh Steelers have been upgraded from the preseason as much, if not more, than any team. Now, a smart listener, and we got a lot of those, are going to say, wait, how could the preseason upgrade you? Because what, they went 2-1? and one or No. It's about what we saw, not the performance, but rather what we saw offensively. New offensive coordinator, and Big Ben has been resistant over the years to turning his back on the defense, so he didn't like to play action. Uh, Steelers haven't used a bunch of motion, and these are modern offensive techniques in the NFL that are very effective. And if you just look at it and say, well, when you play action, you usually do well. When you have motion, you do better. The analytics people have defined this, and the reason Pittsburgh gets a big upgrade is Big Ben has been willing to make those adjustments, and that's a big deal. And that's what we learn in the preseason. So it's not about performance. It's about the willingness, and that should affect Pittsburgh positively in this game. 
the debut of Jets quarterback Zach Wilson is on the road, and he will be taking on former Jets quarterback Sam Darnold, where the Carolina Panthers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, we have probably given Sam, Casper, Darnold as much grief as anyone, and you know what? It's deserved because this guy is about as bad as any quarterback. I mean, like, we're talking Kaiser, <laughs> Kaiser Sosha. Uh, how does his last name? I always mix it Deshaun up with Kaiser, Kaiser. Sosha. Yeah, Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser. Yes. And <laughs> Cousin Sal always did the joke. He said it was a Kaiser no-no instead of <laughs> – but the reality <laughs> is that – Sam Darnold's been horrible. And we can talk about Brady, the OC, and say, well, he's going to be the difference. And we can talk about, oh, the Jets were so bad. Maybe. But history tells us how often, and again, we got Tannehill. But the thing about Tannehill was, under Gaze, he was maybe the 16th, 17th best quarterback, 18th maybe. He was injured a decent amount. In Miami, but when he played healthy, he played decently, and then he became even better with a good, a better OC in theory with Henry. We've seen nothing like that from Darnold, and because of that, I'll tell you right now, I think the Jets offer real value at three and a half. But this is simply a trade or a, a fade of Darnold till I see otherwise. The Urban Meyer era begins when he is a three and a half point favorite on the road. Jags at the Texans. A.J. Hoffman, formerly of Houston uh, Radio, had a great insight on this. So the best defensive player that Houston had coming into season was a fellow named Roby. And the week of this game, so you know, this week, they traded Roby, their best player on defense, for I think it was a conditional fifth-round pick. Now, it's one thing to trade your best defensive player for a fifth-round pick. It's another thing to do it the week of the game because why did you practice the entire preseason with a guy only to rip him out of the lineup, the best player, and say, yeah, you, we, you don't want any time, team, to get ready without him. We're going to trade him late. Well, yeah, because we got such an amazing return on him. Well, no, it was a fifth rounder. So none of this makes any sense. I'm one that hates to say the word um, tank, but man, oh, man, Houston does not seem interested in winning this year. And Jacksonville, as bad as they looked in the preseason, the odds are going up. They open one and a half. It's three and a half in some spots. I lean towards Jacksonville, if not like it. And there's one other reason. I'll give a little bonus on Jacksonville. There's a chance that Urban Meyer went super vanilla. In fact, he did go super vanilla in the preseason, meaning he didn't have a lot of scheme differences or anything tricky. He is a coach that hasn't coached for many years now, hasn't ever coached in the NFL. If there's ever a game, he can surprise people. It's going to be this one. I think it was a decent chance Jacksonville has some tricks up their sleeve. The Washington football team is playing host to the L.A. Chargers, and that game is a pick on pregame.com. So Mackenzie Rivers in research and on air, more I mean, not as much as he'd like, but still, we did a study on how do you do if your offensive line has major changes. And what we found out was teams underperformed their season win total by about one full game if they had a certain criteria of uh, – replacement on the offensive line and on average about nine teams per year met this criteria so this was a fairly like okay it's a pretty big bucket about nine teams a year have big changes on the offensive line and those teams underperform and they 
certainly underperform in the early part of the season. Come week 12, 13, cohesion on the O-line happens most of the time. But game one, especially with a Chargers team with Staley at coach who doesn't play in the preseason much, like his mentor, I think the Cardinals are going to – oh, I'm sorry, check that. I think that the um, – you know something? I actually yeah. looked at the Chargers there. Oh, I guess that's correct, Jones, because that's my best bet. I just glanced and said, the next one, why am I talking about? Yeah, we're talking Chargers here. My apologies. And that is why I do not like the Chargers at all here. The O-line, though probably an upgrade in talent, it's not going to be early in the year. And the study shows these teams underperform the whole year, but they especially do early in the year. So I like Washington there, not the Chargers. It's the Eagles at the Falcons, Atlanta, a three and a half point favorite on pregame.com. The Eagles have been discussed as a, a, you know, a borderline tanking team. Like when they talk about the worst teams, it's like, well, there's Houston and then there's, and, and, and then there's Detroit and then there's Philly. Philly's not in that category. They've got a, a, a way above average defensive line. And just having one position group better than average is not what a lot of these, you know, or a couple of these really bad teams have. And we've been seeing it. The Eagles have been being bet uh, where the Falcons were three and a half. And now they're um, three in some spots and three and a half in others. But there's been Eagles money. There's been Eagles money on their win total. I think that they were put in a category amongst the worst teams. And I think Philly is one level better than that. And defensive line is a big reason why. The Indianapolis Colts announced that Carson Wentz would start this Sunday against the Seahawks, but it's Seattle, a three-point favorite on pregame.com. So we talked at length about this line move. You go in the pod for that one. It doesn't make sense. It's showing a ton of disrespect for Carson Wentz. I'm not a fan of his, so I'm not upset about it. But quickly, let's look at the Colts. The Colts are a team that uh, I think – are going to be able to run really effectively against Seattle. They have, you know, even though their O-line's beat up, they've got uh, a power running game. And quite frankly, that is not what Seattle is built for defensively. So if you like Seattle to score, maybe look at the over here because I think the Colts get their points in this game. Joe Burrow is back for the Cincinnati Bengals, but it's Cincinnati, a three-point underdog at home hosting the Vikings. Now, when else in the preseason do things matter? And to me, another time is when a player is injured the prior year, and it's a big injury like Burrow, and then he just doesn't seem to have it in the preseason. It's very possible he'll have it in the regular season. But if there's ever a time you're thinking, huh, this is indicative physically of something bigger than maybe we think, I think Joe Burrow just not being 100% seemingly, not being in sync, I'm not saying it ruins his career. I'm not saying it even ruins his season. But if week one, if there's ever a week that the lingering effects are going to be there, it's week one, and there was nothing in the preseason to say that it was over his injury. If anything, I think it kind of makes you worried, and thus I'm going to be selling the Bengals until I see Burrow looking physically 100%. The Jared Goff era kicks off with a home game against the 49ers this Sunday, but it's San Francisco a nine-point favorite. The Lions are a, a narrative team, and the narrative is about biting ankles, biting toes, whatever was going on with Campbell. And you know what? Maybe he's a genius. Yeah. You know what Campbell's prior job was? Yeah, there's a vague sense. Oh, he was with the Saints. 
he was the associate or I think associate or assistant head coach. So literally those are often like, okay, for some job the head coach typically would do, but he's busy, associate head coach does it. That's your right-hand man. And Sean Payton's a smart dude. So I think Campbell maybe knows his football team wants a macho guy, so he's putting it out there. Or maybe he's trying to create a false narrative. But what we know for sure is he's a smart guy, and most people don't think the Lions are a smart organization. And I, I think that means there's going to be value on the Lions at various points throughout this year. I don't love them here. I think they're underrated, though, the Lions in general. It's a rematch from the playoffs last year in the AFC. Browns at the Chiefs. Kansas City, a five-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com. And this was the famous Rattler game where A.J., the Rattler <laughs> Hoffman, bet against Fezzik, and it was because Fezzik was backing off his bet on the Browns. And you know why? Because we were digging into those Chiefs and how they do under Andy Reid in September. And some players or teams do well under certain coaches early some do well late but the Chiefs are as good if not better than anyone early and let me ask you Jonas and rhetorically is what has changed for the Chiefs since last season what has changed for the Browns and I think it's hard to say that the Browns have gotten better by a drastically bigger margin than Kansas City Except this line in the playoffs last year when these two teams played in Kansas City, the line was like 10 and a half. It closed at eight, and now it's six or even five and a half. I think this is Brown's bandwagon stuff. I think they're going to have a good season, but there's too many on the bandwagon. I would lean Chiefs here. Alabama quarterbacks face off at Foxborough this weekend where it's the Dolphins at the Patriots, but it's New England and Mac Jones, a three-point favorite. Whenever you have two coaches that were on the same staff, the first couple games they play when the other one's the head coach now are oftentimes how the series is going to go because it's just the nature of the coaches. And what we see is Belichick understands Miami's offense and Flores understands the Patriots offense. And what we've seen is some low-scoring games, especially last year. This total opened 46.5, Patriots-Dolphins. It's down to 43.5 and and going lower. And I still lean on the the under. This is a defensive, and this is all about matchups and all about knowing each other and, quite frankly, running a very similar defense to each other with a lot of man-to-man principles. And that has led to some real low-scoring games. The Broncos are a three-point favorite at the Giants. Of all the teams that have been getting love in the preseason, amongst the teams that aren't in the top tier, Brown's top tier getting a lot of love, it would be the Denver Broncos. And we talked about it. If you choose to start low-ceiling Teddy Bridgewater and your job's on the line if you're Fangio, if you make the playoffs or not is what they say he needs to make to keep his job. You have a lot of faith in the rest of your roster. If you're saying Bridgewater's enough, we'll take steady Teddy. So the line showing it this bay. I mean, the Broncos on the road, a three point favorite with Teddy Bridgewater, a lot of love in Vegas for the Broncos. It'll be the saints hosting the Packers, but in Jacksonville and right now, green Bay, a three and a half point favorite. I would say if there was one game I could see early, like a, 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 like a scrimmage, but a real effort be played between the teams, and then I'd be the only one that got to see it, then I could bet the game after, 
it was this game. I think it was going to be more. We learned Winston with the LASIK surgery. And I know it's become a joke, but if he can see, it seems like it's going to help him quarterbacking. What has Sean Payton done for the offense to tailor it for him? And obviously, is Aaron Rodgers going to pick up where he left off? Or is he going to go back to where he was four years prior, all those four years, which was slightly above average, maybe a little bit more than that. But that was it, not MVP level. So no betting opinion here for me. I want to see and learn from this game. And RJ, finally on Sunday Night Football, it is the Rams hosting the Bears in L.A. And the Rams are a nine-point favorite. When is Andy Dalton going to be booed when is the change going to happen and and obviously you know this game's in LA but it just strikes me that every quarterback that's not elite 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 is going to have bad quarters they're going to have bad games what kind of leash does Andy Dalton have and what is it about fields that made Andy Dalton the starter. Because remember, Nagy backtracked a little bit from that commitment. Then he went back to Dalton. I know there's a lot of love for fields. I think if he really, if Nagy agreed with it, he'd be starting here. It's going to be very interesting to watch. But again, it's all about the quarterbacks. And obviously Stafford, first game without any preseason with the Rams. And the last point I'll make is this. I believe the following. If you take the teams that didn't play their starters in the preseason and look to bet against them in the first quarter, you probably got something. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. This show enjoying three years of Mr. Dan Byer. Very appreciated by me. You know, though, about Deshaun Watson. If you don't get those hammies stretched out, Jonas, it's tough to play. So, I mean, I, I think we, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Let's take our last break. When we come back, we went through every game except one of them. That's going to be my best bet. And we've got a best bet from A.J. Hoffman. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., it is a tradition every Friday during the football season. We hand out some best bets. And yours comes way of the Cardinals at the Titans, where Tennessee is a three-point favorite on pregame.com. You know something? I think that since this is the three-year best bet lock special, it can't lose except it can. That's it. We'll let A.J. go first. But I want to tell you something about A.J., a lot of people don't like AJ. He's gruff. Sometimes he's not politically correct, but he's got a soft heart. When he heard it was our third anniversary, he brought in a couple shots of whiskey. You think, okay, well, that's cool, but you know, it was a whiskey you might have heard of. It's called, uh, I think it's Poppy or Pappy. Pappy, I think, Van Winkle. And apparently it's like $1,000 a bottle. So we did the math. One shot was $50. <laughs> so now think about it. He gave uh, one to McKenzie, one to me, and then one other one. And it was like three. So he, he literally you know, said, I hey, 150 bucks, just cut three shots. 
you know, he bad qualities, no doubt, but <laughs> but some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we've got uh, we've got him actually on tape right here, and it's his best bet. He recorded it like ten minutes ago. It was right before the show, so let's listen. Let's go with Ohio State team total over thirty nine for my best bet. Oregon, their defense is not built to keep up with this Ohio State pass game. Ohio State's going to be a lot of quick hit passes, a, a lot of, and mind you, this is a great wide receiving core. We saw Oregon struggle with the same type of offense, just with far less talent last week against Fresno State. Ohio State's too good at wide receiver, and even if Thibodeau plays for Oregon, he's going to be limited as a pass rusher. I know Ohio State's going to get theirs. I'm not sure if Oregon will, so I'm going to go Ohio State team total over 39 for my best bet. 39, that's a big number, but I love that approach. And for those who are you know, novices at betting, you might think, oh, I want to keep it simple. I don't want to vary too much. And, yeah, hey, if you need to, that's fine. But as you start to understand the game, what you want to do is you want to get exposure where you think your handicap is strong and try to remove everything else. So imagine that Jonas and I were having like a triathlon, but let's be realistic. It was like pool, darts, and uh, <laughs> horseshoes. Now, if somehow I was, and I think if, you know, I probably am better at pool, he's going to be better maybe at the other two. I would love just to bet pool. I would love that. Well, if, as AJ said, if he's saying he knows the high state offense or he feels strongly against the working defense looks good, why have anything else? Because it is easy now to do a team total. So as the betting offerings increase, you can specialize more and you can get exposure exactly where you want it. And it's a good lesson, Jonas. And But with my best bet, I don't need a lot of <laughs> shenanigans. I've just got a game. And it's the Arizona Cardinals at the Titans. And on pregame.com, it's Tennessee, a three-point favorite. All right. Arizona is our big bet. And listen, guys, we're having fun with it. Wink, wink. The most I'll ever bet on a game is about 50% more than a normal bet. Now, pizza bets, as we say, is you're having a little bit of money for fun. Whatever, you know, a pizza is for you. If you get anchovies or some people have cheap ones, Tony's. Okay. But here... I like this game a lot. I might bet 50% more. So if you bet 100, maybe you bet 150. So don't go crazy with it. No game's a lock. The reason I like it is simple. Is I think Tennessee had a year that only a 14-year-old could love. Julio Jones, I know his football card. He looks great. Well, no, he doesn't. He's getting old and he's expensive. Will he have a good game here and there? Yeah, but we have a good year, maybe. But it doesn't compensate fully for all of what Tennessee lost, including their offensive coordinator, who was a true innovator, now you know Atlanta's head coach. So in general, I don't like Arizona, but if there's one team that they're very big and more physical defense is going to do well against, it's the lumbering Tennessee team, specifically with Henry. So I think it's a good matchup. And I also t think Tennessee's overrated. And we're getting three points. Best bet of the week from RJ, Arizona plus three. If you missed any of today's show, including a full preview of every game in the NFL this weekend and a couple of best bets from around the world of football as well, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on FSR. Right out of Vegas!